What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Many of us in the city of Oakland have been sort of trying to connect the dots in terms of what just went down with the most recent school board election. We're joined this morning to help walk us through it by Mike Hutchinson, the Oakland school board rep for D5. Due to redistricting from the city, he ran in our last election cycle for the open seat of Oakland's District 4 school board position. The initial count said he lost the election, but when the voting registrar ran the numbers more recently, it appears that there was a major counting error and Mike Hutchinson actually did win. He has since filed a petition with the Alameda County Superior Court to assert him as the winner. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And I know that I just broke it down in the intro, but I'm going to have you do it all over again because I think it (laughs) bears repeating. So (laughs) you're currently the D4 school board member, correct? No, I am currently no. the D5 school D- board director. D5 school board. Okay. <laughs> but you see? See what I said? Yeah. And I'm the one that just said it. Walk us through, Mike. Walk us through what district you currently represent, what district you ran for, and what happened. I, I will I will try to do it briefly. So, yes. I no, we got time. Current... Walk us slow because okay. I think we've been I... racing through it. And I hear folks on the street like, I don't get it, Kat. And I'm like, me either. We're going to have them on the show. So. Okay. Thank you. Um, well, it, as far as we can figure out, it's, it's uh, unprecedented here in Alameda County. So uh, I'm currently the school board director for District 5. I was elected in 2020. And uh, Oakland just did redistricting uh, a year ago. During the redistricting process, uh, the neighborhood where I live, I live in the, the family house where I've lived for four, over 40 years, was redistricted and moved from District 5 to District 4. So because I was redistricted, I decided to run in 2022 to represent my new current district, District 4. But in doing that, I did not have to give up my seat for District 5. So it it led to this confusion where I was running for school board even though I was already on the school board and have two more years left in my term for District 5. And um, all along, the plan has been that if I'm elected for District 4, then I'll resign from District 5, and the board will appoint a replacement to finish the last two years of my term. Um, So there wouldn't be a special election? It would be an appointment that would happen? Well, technically, the way it's laid out is the board would have 60 days to appoint uh, a replacement. If the board doesn't do that in within 60 days, then a special election will be called. And um, so wh- the election results for my race in district four for school board in, in this uh, latest election, the results were extremely close. Um, and since it was a ranked choice, uh, originally I was told I had finished in third place, but I was only 41 votes behind second place and we knew if I had won the first round on ranked choice or I'm sorry if I had come in second in the first round of ranked choice that I would win in the second round um, and would have been elected so I technically lost by 41 votes I had thought Uh, three weeks ago I received a call out of the blue from the Alameda County Registrar 
to inform me that there had been an error in running a, uh, a little bit less than 250 of the votes in my race. And when they had corrected the error and rerun the results, I had actually won the election. And it flipped uh, the second and third place finishers. So instead of being uh, in third place by 41 votes, I was actually in second place by 37 votes. And so it's only because my race was so close that uh, uh, correcting this error produced a different result. The registrar, like I said, told me that I had actually won an election. The election told me that this error had occurred in all the ranked choice races in Alameda County, but mine was the only race that produced a different result. Um, thankfully, there is a provision in the law to challenge certification within 30 days. And so, yes, we have now filed in court and we're waiting to get before a judge asking for the judge to throw out the original certification and use the now what we know is correct voting results, certify those, and declare me the winner in District 4. Mike, this might be too in the weeds for you in terms of the goings-on at the Alameda County Registrar's Office. How uh -huh. did they discover an error? Like, what made them want to relook at it? Was it because it was so close? What tipped them off? So in Alameda County, we don't have any provisions that uh, require an automatic recount or an automatic reevaluation. So my understanding is this error was caught by uh, a couple of outside groups that checked the votes to make sure everything was done accurately. Um, and I know fair vote was involved. So they audited the voting records. They noticed this anomaly. And, and what it was technically is... Um, the county registrar did not use the correct algorithm to run these ballots. And so, again, it was a really small number of ballots. There's under 250 in my race out of um, over 25,000 ballots cast. And it was for the voters who did not put a number one choice, but put a number two and a number three choice. And so um, my understanding is the the outside company that does this for the registrar's office did not check the proper boxes when running the algorithm. So Nick Resnick was declared the winner in your race. What is he saying about all of this? Um, he's saying basically the same thing that I'm saying now. I, I, I definitely don't want to speak for uh, Mr. Resnick, um, but now we are, we are in court. And so, um, I'm very confident that a judge will rule in our favor. Um, nobody is now disputing what the actual results from the election are. And so uh, Mr. Resnick and myself are basically waiting to get before a judge and waiting for the judge's order. Because in the meantime, um, Mr. Resnick was sworn in last week as the That's school board director in District 4. And so until a judge uh, makes a different order, Nick Resnick was certified as the winner in District 4 and sworn in. I mean, excuse my, my naivete. <laughs> 
But I, but I, listen, I don't, I, there are things I just don't understand. As I was sitting at the inauguration and I was watching the swearing, and, and this is nothing against Mr. Resnick what's at all. Yeah. And my understanding is we knew as we were sitting there that you were actually the winner. So why would we have moved forward? And by we, I mean the collective, we move forward with the swearing in process, knowing that we were swearing in the person that didn't have the most votes. Um, well, it, it was interesting for me at the swearing-in ceremony. I, it looked like it was interesting yes, for was, you. <laughs> I was sitting directly behind Mr. Resnick. Um, and the the problem, in, in, in this case, the problem is the results were certified by the county registrar on December 7th. And as we've seen with what's happened in Washington, D.C. and other places, um, certifying election results is, is a legal matter. And so once they have been certified by the legislature, our understanding is the only way that can be changed is by a, an order from a judge. And so the city attorney had actually issued a memo before the inauguration um, to inform everyone that the city clerk had to swear in uh, Nick Resnick um, and didn't have the option of not doing it or waiting. Didn't Mr. And, Resnick... And I have to, and, and, and I, I want to add this in because it's a very uncomfortable situation for a lot of us. But mm -hmm. I think it's also really important that we do have this certification process. You know, for elections, we do need to have a final ending date. And the problem was the, the results were done in error and they were certified. But thankfully, I was notified in time and enough time where under the law, there are 30 days to challenge a certification. And uh, uh, one of the reasons cited in the law that you can challenge certification is if there was a problem in the vote counting program. So it seems legally we have a very strong case um, and we're hopeful that we can get before a judge in the next uh, two to three weeks. So if you had been notified 31 days, let's say afterwards, this would just be what it is and there would have been no course forward. I, is that right? I, I don't know because um, I'm not a lawyer, but it definitely would have been more difficult to take care of. So, again, I, I'm not a lawyer, but my understanding is this should be we have a very strong case and um, and we're hopeful that the judge will quickly sort you know, redo certification and certify me as the winner. But but yes, that was exactly my thought once I learned all of this. if I would have. If I would have been informed just a, a few weeks later, this could could look and feel very different. I, I have I have empathy. I do mad empathy for both yourself and Mr. Resnick, right, in terms of how uncomfortable this must be. And the folks that it's probably the most uncomfortable for are the constituents, right? And folks that either cast a vote that cast a vote in either direction. Um, I've seen some tense exchanges between just regular, you know, Oakland folk um, on the socials? How are y'all mitigating that with the constituents and making sure we stay focused on what I believe both of you deeply care about, and that's the health of our district and our children? Well, again, I'm hopeful that this can get resolved very quickly. Um, it seems like this has been going on for months and months, but, but we are only, you know, one week past uh, inauguration. And so um, it is moving along. Uh, we're we're going 
to have a, a conference tomorrow uh, with the judges to hopefully get uh, an actual date set in the next few weeks. Um, and, you know, the, the thing is now, especially now that I'm the school board president, um, Nick Resnick was certified as the winner and sworn in. So until things change, he is the District 4 school board director. And so I am trying to... Is that that your point? Or or I would would at least ask, because I know things get heated, especially in Oakland. I would at least ask that people respect the institution of the school board and um, trust that, of course, I am aggressively pursuing this as quickly as we can. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, I won the election, and it is just a matter of time until I'm going to be sworn in as the District 4 school board director. But this is now a legal process, and we just have to go through the process. Mike Hutchinson, how you you said we're moving quickly as 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 we can. Is this going to cost money, this, this process? And if so, who pays for it? Well, um, <laughs> yes, it is going to cost money because everything legal costs money. Um, again, I'm hopeful for there is a uh, there's a provision in the law that basically says if you're suing on behalf of the people to do the people's work, that you can be reimbursed. Since we are suing to get the correct election results certified, um, we are hopeful that we can get reimbursed under that clause. If not, even this, um, what is a basic procedure and motion in court is probably going to cost close to $20,000. And yes, unless we are reimbursed, I'm going to be responsible for paying that. And I have to remind everyone for school board, um, I make $800 a month before taxes. And so, um, if we are not able to get reimbursed, the other option I have, or the only other option I have, is to fundraise a legal defense fund. And I'm sorry, reimbursed by who? I'm, I, I know it's a state law, but I think in this case it would be the county. Um, and, and really, as a matter of, of fairness and doing right, I am very hopeful that the county will cover these costs. Um, and you know, one of the things that I was disappointed in from the county supervisors is at least in my race, um, we don't, I don't need a recount. We never asked for a recount. And even when I thought I had lost by only 41 votes, I congratulated who I thought was the winner and I was ready to accept the process and move on. Um, I don't think we need a recount. That's going to be extremely expensive and time consuming at the county level. But it, it would be nice if the county could even pass a resolution where they could have been a party to this suit and helped defray the costs for me or figured out a way to be more proactive in that sense. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, if you made the mistake, you you are the one that should pay for it. Um, Mike Hutchinson, I only have a few minutes left with you, and I want to move on to some other news, and that, of course... Is the school closure fight, at least this most recent one, has come to a close, I think. Tell us about last week's vote. Well, so, uh, yes, last week on Wednesday was was a big day for me. I was uh, elected school board president, and then um, 
my first action as president was to preside over us rescinding the planned school closures for this year. And so this has been a, uh, a long time coming for us. And yes, this is the end of school closures. And, and very quickly, this school closure plan that we just rescinded was a plan that was um, uh, proposed and approved by the school board, by the old school board, last year in February. So this was never an ongoing plan that had been in the works for years. This was a standalone plan and was really the last effort by uh, now former school board directors to implement a school closure process. With our vote last week, we rescinded that plan, and there are now no schools threatened for closure, um, and, and that is done. What we need to do now, though, is kind of a phase two for a couple of things. So now we need to quickly try to reset our enrollment process and our projections for next year. And it's going to be a little messy to unwind the work that had been done over the last six months. But those schools are not going to be closed. And, and the last hurdle that we need to clear is um, in the school board's eagerness to, um, to rescind the school closures, uh, it was approved last week at a special meeting, which was different than what the original plan had been. And so because the timeline was accelerated for the vote, we approved it without a fiscal impact analysis being included, which is one of the practices that uh, the school district needs to use and has promised to use because we're still in receivership and have oversight from the state and county. So because we approved it without that, um, there are concerns from our, our trustee who oversees us. Um, so hopefully I've been trying to smooth that over this week and I want to, again, uh, uh, reassert a promise that now as school board president, we will not be approving anything else going forward without a fiscal impact analysis. It's really important for us. But we rescinded school closures. The schools that were slated for closure at the end of this year are no longer under threat. And, and just the one last thing I want to add in is this uh, rescinding closures does not impact the schools that were closed last year. So hopefully as we're going through these next six months, we can also develop a process for how we can redesign schools and definitely reopen Parker, which was closed last year. Mike Hutchison, the reason why I phrased the question the way I phrased the question is because I met you on the lines, the front lines, uh, as parents of children inside OUSD public schools, as a parent, excuse me, of children mm-hmm. inside of, you know, of a child inside of OUSD public schools and, and as an organizer fighting school closures. Um, and it feels like this has been like this nonstop cyclical issue that the district and the state came finding a way to put back on the backs uh, of black and brown kids. And so I guess yes. and, and and I feel like we also had you on the show like a year and a half ago where we said this was the end of school closures then, too. Yes, so I'm was. really trying <laughs> to understand, <laughs> are we really done with this? And if so, how can you make that promise? Um Given that that it, it's really and I'm not putting it on you, right? I'm saying that there are these larger forces that seem very invested uh, in in closing schools inside of our districts and replacing them with charters. As you well know, we have more charters per capita than any other city in the country. Actually, actually, we have lowered our rate in my two years on the board. So now we are the second highest rate in California. 
Um, and now L.A. has the highest rate in California. But um, I want to try to. L.A. is also like folks. 50 times our size. Yes. Yes. So and, and really it's because over the two years I've been on the board, um, we've actually lowered our charter numbers. And so it's, it's we're moving in the right direction there. But on school closures specifically. Um, so, yes, in October of 21, we ended what had been called the blueprint process which was this yearly process that was created by the school board to close schools every year. When we did that though, the majority on the board came back with a new standalone plan last February. And that has been our current school closures plan. Now this plan came entirely from the Oakland school board. And so what we've done is in one full four year election cycle, we flipped the entire school board we ran out all seven incumbents and have an entirely new board with a solid majority that is opposed to closing schools. There is no way for anyone outside of the Oakland school board to impose school closures on them. And so with this current board, I know that for sure there will be no school closures for the next two years. And now that I'm board president, um, although it's going to be a delicate dance this year, we are determined to leave state receivership this year because we have stabilized our finances. And so in the past, when the trustee or the state has threatened um, that if uh, the Oakland School Board took certain actions, there might be uh, punitive consequences. We are not going to fall for that anymore. And so we voted to rescind school closures. If we need to, we might need to do a budget adjustment package just to clean up some things. But there is no way that anyone else will force us to close schools. So again, it comes down to who's on the school board. So at least for the next two years with this current school board, there will be no school closures. And I feel very certain we're in the last election. Uh, if you look at the total votes in Oakland, 63% of the people who voted in school board elections voted for a school board director who was opposed to school closures and pledging to rescind any planned closures. And that's because organizing gets the goods. Mike Hutchinson, I got to leave it there. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Mike Hutchinson is the Oakland School Board Rep for D5. Due to redistricting from the city, he ran in our last election cycle for the open seat for Oakland's District 4 School Board position. The initial count said he lost the election, but when the voting registrar ran the numbers more recently, it appears there was a major counting error, and Mike Hutchinson actually won. He has since filed a petition with the Alameda County Superior Court to assert him as the winner. You've been listening to Law & Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law & Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask and the Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA, that's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. 
We all we got, fam.